Hey everyone, I am excited to announce that Esther, Something Hidden, Something Revealed, is now available on Amazon as a side study, Volume H, in the Gospel Feast series. The book of Esther is a mysterious one. As written, it is a book with many contradictions. The name Esther means something hidden. It does contain several historical conundrums and a handful of mysteries. It is the only book in the Bible that never mentions God at all. Why? Many Jews today say that it is just fiction, because they can't find any of the characters mentioned within, historically. And yet, they celebrate the book with a major festival, annually. It is also one of the books that is required reading in the weeks before Passover, every year. Not by God, but by Esther herself. Why do this if you insist the book is just fiction? It is one of the only books that Joseph Smith made no corrections to, although he considered it to be historical. How is any of this possible? Esther reads as an eyewitness account, but then struggles with the simple, logical issues and frequently contradicts itself in some very strange ways. How come? Considering that Esther became the most powerful queen of the world's largest empire, none of this makes any sense. Or does it? Despite the wonderful story, we are left with the puzzling questions. Who was King Ahasuerus? Who was Mordecai? Who was Haman? And actually, who was Esther? The answers may just surprise you. The book is not fiction. And in fact, all of the puzzling contradictions were put in place for a very devious reason, and not by Esther. Join us on this astounding historical reconstruction and be amazed at what Esther really tried to do, and how, had she been able to accomplish what she had tried, your life would be very different right now. You think you know the book of Esther? Are you sure? Let's feast on the Word of God together and see what a woman of God can do when she really puts her mind to it. It also might make an incredible Mother's Day gift for the ladies in your life. Happy Mother's Day. You are now listening to Season 4 of the Gospel Feast Podcast. It's time to feast on the words of Jesus Christ. As a special bonus, we are going to explore the little-studied book of Haggai. The prophet Haggai was another prophet who lived in the days of Zechariah. Note here, again, two witnesses. His words were deemed important by the prophet Ezra, who was tasked with preparing and reorganizing the Jewish canon into what we today call the Old Testament, the same that the Jews refer to as the Law and the Prophets. The famous British biblical scholar, Reverend Frederick William Farrar, who was the archdeacon of Westminster, and oddly enough was also a pallbearer for Charles Darwin on his death. Anyhow, he has this insight into Haggai's book. With Haggai, we enter upon an inferior phase of prophecy. His poverty of thought reflects the humble circumstances of his nation in the days he wrote. Well, let's see if you agree or disagree with Reverend Farrar after this episode.
We don't know as much about Haggai the man as we would like to. Tradition holds that he was one of the 120 scribes, prophets, and scholars who made up the great assembly during the captivity of Babylon. These great scholars were charged with canonizing Judaism by selecting the books which became the Old Testament, clarifying festivals, and introducing the Feast of Purim in honor of Esther, as well as better understanding the synagogue prayers, rituals, and benedictions. The Great Assembly has also been referred to as the Great Synagogue, and as Ezra and his court of law. Haggai returned to Jerusalem with the men who came to rebuild the city and the temple. He is credited with inspiring the people to push forward and get it done when the task seemed overwhelming to them. Thus, much of his message is repetitive. I have included a retranslation interpretation here to make his book more accessible. Haggai 1 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Josedek the high priest, saying, On the twenty ninth of August 520 BC, the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel the governor and Joshua the high priest through the prophet Haggai. He told them, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. You are saying, This is the wrong time to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your Sielid houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. So the prophet Haggai was sent to speak on behalf of the Lord. He said to them, Is this the right time for you to live in fine vaulted houses while your God's house lies in ruin? Think about this carefully. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have prepared a lot of ground for food, but very little is grown. You prepare meals, but they are small and are not enough. You have clothes, but they are scanty. It's like you have a hole in your wallet, and the more you try and get ahead, the farther behind you are. Think about what you are doing and what you are neglecting. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Go into the mountains and get timber and build my house. I will be happy with your efforts. I will be glorified by what you undertake to do. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. You have great plans for yourselves, and nothing great came from any of it. I know you ask in your hearts why I didn't bless you. It's because my house of blessing lies in ruin, and all you are doing is building up your own property. Therefore the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. 
And I called for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. This is why the earth does not rejoice over you. This is why there is parched ground and no fruit. I brought the drought on you, the land, the mountains, your crops, grapes, and oil trees. All the trials you, your animals, and lives are under is from me. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, and the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their God. In the four and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. So hearing this, the governor, the high priest, and all the people listened and obeyed the Lord. So the Lord sent the prophet back to them to say, I will be your support. Then the governor, the high priest, and all the people started to build the Lord a holy house. This began on the 21st of September, 520 B.C. Haggai 2.1 In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Serubabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? On the 17th of October of the same year, the Lord told Haggai, Go and tell Zerubbabel, the governor, and Joshua, the high priest, and all the people who are discouraged over my house plans. Are there any of you still living who remember Solomon's temple? It was a glorious place. I know that you see this new temple you are building is very inferior to what Solomon built for me. Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work, for I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. O oh, be strong of heart, governor, be strong of heart, high priest. O oh, my people, be strong of heart. You are doing my work, I am with you. Build my temple the best you can anyway. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not. I have not forgotten my promise when I brought your fathers out of Egypt. I was with you then, and I am with you now. Don't be afraid. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, Yet once, it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. It will not be a long time, and I will judge my creation. I will shake the heavens, the planet, and the kingdoms of the dead and the living. And I will shake all nations, 
and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. I will shake and judge all the families of man. Then the promised hero's son, who all the nations wanted, will come to you and fill this temple you are building with glory. I have said it. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The sinful blood belongs to me, and the glory belongs to me too. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. The splendor and glory of this new temple will be greater than Solomon's. I have said it. Here I will give you peace when I come. In the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priests concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, and with his skirt do touch bread, or pottage, or wine, or oil, or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priests answered, and said, No. On the 18th of December, 520 B.C., the Lord spoke again to Haggai. The Lord sent Haggai to speak to his priests about the law. He asked them, Answer me. If one of you is carrying meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes, and he happens to touch other food with his robes, will it be unclean before me? And the priest answered him, No. Then said Haggai, if one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priests answered and said, It shall be unclean. So then, here is my next question. If a priest touches a human corpse and becomes unclean, then he touches food. Will the food then be unclean? And they answered, Yes. This type of Old Testament logic can be tricky to our modern brains, outside the burden of the Law of Moses. The Lord here is trying to make a bigger point, using their doctrine, to help them understand. He is making the point that while they are following His Law, even down to the handling of dead animal flesh, they, and everything they do is holy and unsinful, because they are doing it for the Lord. They understand that there is no sin, in any of the bloody sacrifices and other particular practices he has required at their hands. Joseph Smith said it best, Anything and everything that the Lord commands is right. Once that is established, he asks a second question of the people. If they touch human death, even accidentally, would that make them unworthy to perform ordinances as priests of the Lord? Again, they quote the exactness of the Law of Moses. Yes, they say. Thus, they know the letter of the law. That is good. But the Lord has a deeper lesson to teach them. It is one thing to know the letter of the law. But what is the spirit of the law? In other words, what is the lesson of the law? Are they just killing animals and following a bunch of laws because that is what they are robotically told to do? These very same questions would be proposed to the elders of Israel in the days of Jehovah's earthly ministry when he was born the son of Mary, called Jesus of Nazareth. Why are we, 
and you elders of the nation, doing the things you are doing? What is the purpose of the law of Moses? I will give you the greatest of all Eastern thinking secrets. When something seems odd, crazy, off, or mysterious in the word of God to fallen man, place the atonement of Jesus Christ right in the middle of it, and then study it again, listening to the whispers of the Spirit, and you will discover a bounteous feast at the Lord's table. What could be more glorious than that? Only this. If you open your heart and let the Lord teach you about it, your feast will be one-on-one. Who among us wouldn't cherish a personal, private feast with the Lord, one-on-one? You can have it. And it doesn't get any better than that. Then answered Haggai, and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. Then Haggai said to them, This is just how it is with all of you. Everything you touch, when you are dead to me, is sinful. More than anything, the Lord needed Judah to have an attitude adjustment. Sure, things were bad, but he needed them to exercise faith so that he could bless and heal them. This is a useful lesson for our modern day. We have been told that men's hearts will fail them for fear in our day. There are many reasons we might fear. The crash of economies, tyrannical oppression, medical betrayal, the loss of food and shelter, living under the thumb of modern kingmen, wars in distant lands and near us. One of the last signs to be watching for is the end of the door-to-door missionary work, which will begin the testimony of nature, when the Lord will appear as the Lord of Sabaoth. We would do well to try and be cheerful, trusting in the promises of the Lord, when we see these trials come upon us. And now, I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days were, when one came to an heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the press fat for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. Okay, so I want you to seriously consider this. Before you listened to me and started rebuilding my temple, your harvests were poor no matter how hard you worked. I smote you with blasting and with mildew and with hail in all the labors of your hands. Yet ye turned not to me, saith the Lord. This was my doing, and it didn't matter how hard I was on you. You would not come to me for a reprieve. Consider now from this day and upward, from the four-and-twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Consider it. So pay attention now. It is the 18th of December, the day when you lay the foundation of my temple. Is the seed yet in the barn? Yea, as yet the vine, and the fig tree, and the pomegranate, and the olive tree, hath not brought forth From this day will I bless you. You have not yet planted your grain. You have not yet seen the harvest of your fruit and trees. You have worked for me. So mark the day. From this day forward, I will bless you and your harvest. 
And again the word of the Lord came unto Haggai in the four and twentieth day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. A second time the Lord spoke to Haggai on the very same day, saying, Tell the governor not to fear. I will yet judge the whole earth. And I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms, and I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. And I will overthrow the chariots, and those that ride in them, and the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his brother. I will destroy the kingdoms of man and the power of all the heathen nations too. I will destroy all the war machines and all the soldiers about you too. I will do this by making them kill off each other. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, saith the Lord, and I will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. When I do this, governor, you will be like a signet ring that approves whatever I will. I have chosen you at this time. I, the Lord, have said it. Just like the poor returning Jews in the days of Haggai, we must remember our Lord always keeps his promises. And after the trial of faith comes the miracle. This is important to remember, as the Apostle Paul taught us. Ye are the temple that God is ultimately trying to build. We have almost completed Season 4 of the Gospel Feast podcast, but there is still more to come this season. We hope that it has given you a deeper love for the prophet Zechariah and his incredible book. This has been a particularly interesting episode on our podcast, Perhaps the lesson is we need to be grateful for the blessings that heaven has sent our way and continue to wait patiently until that perfect day when all will be given to us freely. For those of our listeners just joining us, you should know that our series is designed to build upon itself. And so if you are feeling a little lost, we would encourage you to start with Season 1, Episode 1 and enjoy your feast up through the series. So until next time, Stay hungry and continue to enjoy your times at the table of the Lord. A very special thank you to Hollywood actor Andrew Koyama for his voice, Talents. Mm-hmm.